This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. An insider's look at the National Football League. It's NFL Lunch. Presented by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan. 58801057 the fans Super Bowl 58 in the books Kansas City Chiefs win it again third and five years second in a row Bob Haiti Vinny Serrato so the kings of the football world and we're becoming uh, used to it it's Kansas City after going 50 years between Super Bowl appearances they've been to a lot of them since and here to talk about that Hall of Fame class of 24 First-time candidates for 25. Talk of Fame 2 is the network. Long-time NFL writer. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome back to the show Clark Judge. Clark, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us here in the Charm City. Hi, Bob. My pleasure to be there. Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes here because... Obviously, the bust in Canton is happening for him. And, you know, I asked you about him a year or two ago, about what level. Because Reggie Jackson, for instance, to use a baseball analogy, he goes, yeah, I'm a Hall of Famer, but I'm not in the Willie Mays level of Hall of Fame. If this guy keeps going the way that he is, what level of Hall of Fame? Because you either are or aren't, but you get where I'm coming from. What level of Hall of Fame will we be talking about Patrick Mahomes in? Well, you put him in a, a very small circle of luminaries, and I think that would be the top five. And most people today would say, top five? What are you talking about? It should be less than that, right? But I, I include people like Otto Graham. You know, 10 years he played, 10 championship games, seven titles. If he played today, you go, the greatest of all time, you know? <laughs> um, of course, Unitas. I, I saw Unitas. I was old enough to see Unitas. I've never really seen anyone in the pre-Super Bowl era that was better because I didn't see Otto Graham. Um, Joe Montana and Tom Brady, and we certainly know about them. I covered Joe and um, certainly covered Tom Brady for many years. Um, that's a pretty exclusive group because there are others. John Elway is up there. Roger Staubach is up there. But um, I think because we so get so carried away with the latest and the greatest, people want to uh, they, they want to coronate some of these people. And, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, no question, at this level right now, three and five years, um, three in six years as a starter, but the last five years, that's a, a, amazing, astounding with the numbers he's putting up. And you said, if he continues that pace, absolutely. He's going to be in that top five. Maybe it's in the top three, something like that, but his career isn't finished. I'd like to see him play it out and see what happens. And maybe revisit this in another five years and we can make an evaluation. Hey Clark, how difficult was it picking the, uh, the guys for this year? Um, Vinny, it was, it, it was tough um, because I didn't think it was a particularly strong class, to be honest with you. I, I thought it was pretty clear-cut 
how the top three or four should go. I had Patrick Willis as my X factor, but I missed on a couple other guys. I thought Jared Allen would move forward if you followed the queue. And he was a top 10 finisher last year. And he was um, in the line, I thought, for um, being the top five guy this year, simply because if you follow the queue, the people who are the top uh, top 10, well, five of those move on. The next five are in the on-deck circle for the next coming year, which would have been this year. But Jared Allen was one of those guys. We had three wide receivers in that group. So you say, okay, one of those three is coming out. It was going to be Andre Johnson. I pretty much felt that way. Um, but the guy didn't really get was Devin Hester. I thought he'd move into the top 10. He was top 15 last year. But we had something unusual this year. We had three guys who didn't make the first cut from 15 to 10 last year. And Hester is one of them. Farini is another one. And Willis was the third. Three go from not making the final, the first cut from 15 to 10 to the Hall of Fame next year. That's unprecedented. I've never seen that happen before. I've seen an individual go from that top 15 to, you know, to Canton the next year. I've seen that happen. Um, it happened with Morton Anderson. It happened with Terrell Owens. But um, I haven't seen three people. So that's why it's a little bit tricky. Um, Dwight Freedy made a jump, and he jumped Jared Allen. And why that's unusual is because Jared Allen made the top ten last year. Dwight Freedy didn't. So something happened between last year and this to cause voters to go into the Freedy camp. I, I, I don't know why, but it happened. Um, so there were, I'd say, two two spots that were at issue. To me, the top three were pretty clear. I was, I'll be honest with you, I was very surprised that uh, Antonio Gates didn't make it. Yeah, I, I was too. Hey, Clark, what about like Suggs and Yonder are up next year? What do you, because you were talking about Allen and Suggs is in that same position. Yeah, he is. Um, so he gets in there where, I mean, we're starting to get um, a lot of pass rushes. We had three this year. Mathis probably will be moving up. He, he had basically the same numbers as Freeney, but he was a semifinalist. He couldn't make the cut because Freeney was there. So now Freeney's going forward. Mathis had more forced fumbles than Dwight Freeney and only uh, one or two and a half fewer sacks. But he'll be in there with Suggs, with Allen. Um, I think Suggs, I, you know, he's going to have momentum. I, I would expect him to be a top 10 guy um, next year. Don't know that he's going to make the top group because if you look at that group that he's in, it's loaded. I mean, you got Keekley, you got Eli Manning, um, you got Vinatieri. They're, they're really good people within that group. Um, I, I'm really kind of curious to see what people do with Gates next year. I would think he'd move forward. Would would Suggs jump Jared Allen? He might. I mean, Farini did, so he might. Um, but Suggs is going to get in at some point. I don't know if it'll be immediately. I think first ballot Hall of Famer should be a really, really special designation, the point where you just mention the guy's name and you don't have to make a case. So you say Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, you get the idea, um, and Dre Lewis. You get the idea with that. But with uh, Suggs, there will be a presentation. I would think he'd be a top 10 guy next year. I think it'd be a, a tough thing for him to make the move up of that, that group of people I just talked about. I think the most electable is Keekly of that group. Now, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer, Clark? That's a good question, Vinny. That's going to be a long conversation. If you ask me, I'd say no. I, I'd right. say he had Hall of Fame moments. He didn't have a Hall of Fame career. He, he won as many as he lost. Um and he was never an all-pro. And I think if you can't be an all-pro of, of your era, why are you an all-pro of all time? Um, I'm willing to listen to debates. I'm not saying I'm steadfast against it, but I know people within that group, and I'm talking about a board of selectors of 50 people within that group who think he's first ballot. They think he's first ballot. I also know people within that group who think he's no ballot. 
And honestly, if you were to uh, put my feet to the fire at this point, I'd say I'd, I'd probably vote no ballot because I just think he had Hall of Fame moments, as I said. Clearly, those two Super Bowls, the 2011 championship game in San Francisco, I thought that was the greatest game he ever played. And people talk about the Super Bowl um, in 2007. Yeah, he was he was good. And made certainly made the, the great pass to David Tyree, a great catch and everything, to upset an undefeated team. But if you go to that 2011 game, he was beaten to a pulp by the 49ers, kept getting up. And, Vinny, you would re- I, I mentioned this to you specifically. It reminded me of what Troy Aikman did against San Francisco in the 94 championship game when you and I were in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Aikman got beaten to a grind in that game. He kept getting up and throwing and throwing and never quit. And I had so much admiration in that game for him, but he lost. I had so much admiration for Manning in that 2011 game, but he won. Now, Clark, you know what was interesting is is the Niners, they've been back to the Super Bowl, but they haven't won it since uh, Eddie has left. That's right. That's right. I, I, I noticed that, too. Um, they should have won the game against Baltimore, I thought, if, if they had simply just run the ball in, but instead they start, they tried to throw it. Um, the, the game against, San, against um, Kansas City four years ago, Still bothers me because Kyle Shanahan had a 20 to 10 lead in the fourth period with six and a half minutes to go. We should have been running the ball. He was throwing it and he lost that game. And to me, uh, I, I don't want to get into a pitched argument on this or debate on this. I thought he made the same mistake again yesterday. This is the guy who was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when they blew that 28 to three lead against New England and really aided and abetted the Patriots in their comeback because he kept throwing the ball. You go, just, just, just run it. You run down the clock. You got a lead. No one's going to get you. But um, we know what happened in that game. We know what happened four years ago. And honestly, we know what happened yesterday. To me, the the, the game was decided in the first three San Francisco series of the second half. They get the interception. They have the ball, I think, at the 44 of Kansas City. You've got a seven-point lead. You're going to get points, whether it's a field goal, a touchdown, it's going to be a two-score game, and now you got them on the run because the momentum clearly is in your corner. So of those nine plays, he had three and outs each series. He threw or tried to throw eight times. Well, why are you doing that? They can't, the, where they're vulnerable was against the run. It's to me, it's like something with Baltimore did. Not quite as extreme as with Baltimore and Todd Munkin did. But um, you know, why do you do that? You, haven't you learned the lessons in the past? And I felt he, he didn't. And honestly, again, I speak to you, Vinny, on this because we have a common bond here with San Francisco. I don't think Mike Shanahan would have done that. I think he would have. He would have said, "Listen, I know where they're vulnerable. We're going to go get them, and we're going to put them on their back and see if they can catch us." And they didn't do that. To me, they, they left the door open for Kansas City, and they finally just said, okay, they're giving us a chance to come back, and they did. And we know what happened with a fumble punt in the special teams. But um, I thought he blew another opportunity, and you're not going to get many of those. Clark Judge, tell us about Talk of Fame 2 in the podcast and all the fun stuff you got going on right now. Yeah, I, I work with um, uh, an, a historian, John Turney, who's used by the Hall of Fame voters constantly as a resource at uh, – uh, talk of Fame 2, and that's talkoffame2.com. Uh, we talk about everything past, present, and future. Appreciate you asking about that, Bob. And then I also do a podcast with that Hall of Fame voter, Ira Kaufman from Tampa, who has put in a lot of candidates. He's one of the most eloquent and influential voters there. But we do podcasts there that we will put on um, itestfor2.com, or you can find them on the talkoffame2.com. But thank you very much for asking. Clark, appreciate your time as always. Enjoy your, air quotes, downtime, and we'll catch up with you in the next few weeks and months. (laughs) 
Thanks, Thank you, Clark. Guys. Yep. To talk to you. Yeah, talk to you, Vinny. Yep. There's Clark Judge, everybody. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7. The fan will come back. Coronate Vinny is the king of not only regular season picks, but the postseason because he swept both of them. And then Sean Merriman lights out. will be joining us bottom of the hour. Look back at the Super Bowl. Look ahead to the challengers to the Chiefs throne. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. You can pick your friends. We just become best friends. Yep. You can pick your nose. There was no pig. There was no pig. But only Vinny and Haney can pick games. Football pick them. 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Season is over. It was a no contest. Talking about our picks, of course. Yeah. Here on 1057 The Fan. As Vinny Serrato rolled through the regular season. Yeah, got close at the end, but he was in a comfortable position for most of said year and then just strengthened his hold during the playoffs. So Nolan McGraw for the final time in 2023-24 standings, how it went, prop bets, who was good, who was bad, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, Vinny had a, a quality lead. He was at 9-3, and three, so two games up on Bob at 7-5, and five, three games up on me at 6-6, six and six, but there were, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven possible picks here. So uh, still had to finish it off, and spoiler, he did. Uh, we'll start here with the national anthem. This was the controversial one because, well, depending on what sports book you went with, it might have been over, it might have been under. Reva McIntyre, she was uh, pretty close there to that 90-and-a-half-second mark. She did say, home of the brave twice. And that's the sticking point. Some sports books said no. As soon as she says the first one, that's the end of the song. Others said it's whenever she turns off her microphone. So some books said over, some books said under. Again, she came in right around that 90 and a half second mark. Good news is it didn't matter for us. So it didn't end up being a sticking point. But uh, Vinny and my, or, I'm sorry, Vinny said under, Bob and myself had over. So you can give yourself an extra point if you feel like it, but right. it doesn't matter. It, once she stops singing, it's over. Yeah. And she can repeat it. So is it if somebody carries a note, like 50,000 seconds? Full disclosure, I was in the bathroom during the national anthem. It I was fast. It, it was definitely yeah. fast. I, I went in. As she, I didn't know they were going to do a quick turnaround between Post Malone and her. So when I walked out, she was kind of wrapping it up. So I guess it took me uh, about a minute and a half to take a whiz there. There was a commercial in between, I think. There was. Well, then two and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> got to go. You got to go. Next. Anyway, coin toss here. This one, uh, somebody had to win this one. 
Vinny and myself went with tails. They say it never fails. Well, it did yesterday. Bob, you got your heads there. That's my lone That's win. That's your lone. Can I take a victory your lone lap? prop. I'd like to thank the Academy. How about first commercial after kickoff? Well, we were all wrong. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Uh, the real actual commercial was uh, a trailer for the Wicked movie, the Wizard of Oz musical thing. Yeah. Uh, nobody could have seen that coming. Vinny said State Farm. Doritos was my pick. Bud Light for Bob. Yeah. They, you have no idea. That's almost impossible to predict. Yeah. I one. didn't even pay attention. Was there any Bud Light ones? I think they were maybe. The Clydesdales came back. Three okay. or four yeah. in there, I believe. I saw a Bud Light one. Was yes. there a State Farm one in there? Yes. Okay. With uh, Schwarzenegger. Hey, I could not With say neighbor. Neighbor. And Danny DeVito. Oh. <laughs> neighbor. Uh, how about first touchdown score? Vinny and myself picked <laughs> McCaffrey here, but certainly didn't expect it to be on a, a trick play like that. Bob, you had Pacheco. Oh, he did score the first touchdown, mm-hmm. didn't he? Damn. Uh, Gatorade color here. It took a while for them to actually get Andy Reid here with the Gatorade. It didn't happen in the moment. Got him right before the uh, trophy ceremony, but it was, in fact, purple, which was a deviation from them. I think they had orange last year. Our guesses were all wrong. Vinny with red. Lemon lime was my pick, and Bob with white or cherry, depending <laughs> on who you guys. Clear, ask. just clear color. And uh, <laughs> here, here was no. the big difference maker: MVP and game winner. So of course, Vinny had the Chiefs as his winner, Mahomes as his MVP. That sealed the deal. Uh, Bob and myself had the Niners. McCaffrey was my MVP pick. Purdy for Bob. So it wasn't even close. Uh, final updated standings here. What Vinny uh, twelve. 12 and 6. I was at 7 and God knows what. Not good. And Bob, uh, 8 and 10. Oh, wow. Well, Vinny drinks for free. Yep. Again, just like the regular season now, his playoff booze will be on its way. Do you have to, or, or do you recall by any chance our, regu- our regular season or our preseason picks for the season? I can dig them up. I was on vacation that day. I know that. But okay. I can dig them up. Yeah, because I looked, and I think I might have tossed them, like, maybe the next day. But I can't remember, and I, I apologize, who I picked to win the Super Bowl. I'm thinking Kansas City, may, or was it Buffalo? <coughs> uh, again, I I'll don't remember. Uh, I got mine. Yeah. What did you do? I had um, AFC, Jets, Baltimore, Philly, Detroit, and then I had Philly and the Jets. Ooh. Yeah. You might you should relinquish your postseason championship. Hard knocks, hard knocks Co- was hitting yeah. hard there. <laughs> Coach of the year, I had Dan Campbell. Hey, yeah. yeah it was a crowded bad. race this that's year. Not bad. Yeah. Rookie of the year, I had Zay Flowers. In, in the conversation. Yeah. So that one is egregious as your Super Bowl pick. And Vinny and Haiti, 1057 the fan will come back. Talk about the Super Bowl with Sean Merriman. Lights out, former Terrapin star and all pro in the National Football League. And he's always got something going on with the hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> sure, we'll talk about that. And then it's a fun house trip. Nolan McGraw before Inside Access takes over here at 2 o'clock. Covering everything sports every day. 1057 the fan. Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan here on this Monday. Bob Haiti, Vinny Serato, Nolan McGraw, other side of the glass. NFL season over. Kansas City in overtime, 25-22. As they stun the 49ers, win their second straight Lombardi Trophy, third in five years. Here to talk about that and more. Former Maryland All-American, 
NFL All-Pro, friend of the show. He's on the WGK Law guest hotline. Let's welcome back to the program. He is Lights Out, Sean Merriman. Sean, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, man? A little of this, a little of that, to be totally honest with you. And we're going to praise Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so, here in a couple of minutes. But Chris Jones, watching him do his thing, not just yesterday, Sean, but throughout the playoffs, how impressed were you with him, and how integral is he to them winning these Super Bowls in the last few seasons here? You, you know, and it's, it's funny you said that because, you know, we talk so much about Patrick Mahomes and, 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 and Travis Kelsey and offense and what they've been able to do. But I think that people are really failing to realize that the reason why they're there is because of the defense. And I know that they're not going to get a lot of credit because, you know, you got one of the greatest quarterbacks or becoming one of the greatest quarterbacks that we always talk about. But that defense got them there. Uh, and I'll start back when, when they played the Ravens, that big play that they made with the Flowers punching the ball out and getting those turnovers. Um, you know, those things, it, it's championship football. And Chris Jones, man, um, he, we we got to start mentioning him up there with, with some of the greats as well. I know we talk a lot about Aaron Donald, these interior D linemen who who kind of made a name for themselves. But Chris Jones, you know, if you go back to the first game of the year, uh, Detroit, when they lost, I really believe, and I know Travis Kelsey wasn't on the field, but I believe they lost that game because Chris Jones, you know, he's that dominant when he's on the field. And staying with the defense, Steve Spagnola, the job that he's done, got the better of Todd Munkin in the AFC Championship game here, and then looks like he had Kyle Shanahan all discombobulated last night. So as we give praise, we talk about Andy Reid, and rightfully so again, Sean, but Steve Spags, how much praise are we giving Spags today? We're we talking about these uh, goal conversations with Patrick Mahomes and whatnot. Spagnola, you, you started mentioning him up there as, as some of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest coordinators of all time. His timing and his packages uh, are, are impeccable. Uh, and what he's been able to create and his on in-game adjustments, that, that's, what, that's the biggest thing with, uh, with Spagnola. His in-game adju- adjustments, when things aren't going accordingly, his ability to switch up the game plan to get back on top is unparalleled. And, you know, we talk about great coaches and Andy Reid and whatnot, but you got to start mentioning Spagnola up there as well with the best. Hey, Sean, what was it like uh, having the Super Bowl in Vegas? Did you like it? Yeah, other than the traffic, man. <laughs> I think um, I, I, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, the city was just flipped upside down, and, and I, I was here for F1 and some of the, uh, the drafts and some of the other bigger events. And, you know, Vegas has really truly become the entertainment capital of the world, and it's changed so much over the last 10 years. Um, and that's before the basketball team gets here and the baseball team gets here. And it, there's a lot going on. Um, I, I, I mean, honestly, man, it, it's the sky's the limit on, on what's going to happen in Vegas. But it was phenomenal. The events, uh, I think the NFL did a great job, man, at laying the whole thing out. Hey, Sean, when Green, Greenlaw went out, how did that affect the Niners? Well, for one, my, my heart goes out to him as somebody who tore their Achilles before and, and the painful injury that is and, and the rehab, the road to get back is one of the worst. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm speaking to someone who blew out their, their knee, right? I had a torn PCL and LCL, and that, that doesn't even come close to that Achilles injury. And how it happened was probably the most freakish things I've ever seen in sports ever. But you can tell his presence was immediately uh, felt when he left. Um, you know, some of those plays where, you know, they were hitting quick pass to the flats, um, you know, his ability to find the football and, and, and create havoc in the backfield when he's blitzing, uh, his, his impact was, was felt immediately when he left that game. Hey, Sean, what was your opinion of Bosa? I thought he showed up a lot last night. 
He did, man. And sometimes it doesn't show up with just getting sacks. And, you know, he had a, a couple – he had some TFL, but he had a couple big hurries in the back that got Patrick Mahomes to get the ball out of his hands. And I thought actually – and I know that, you know, Patrick Mahomes iced the game, you know, with, with some runs that towards the end of that game to extend the drive. But for the most part, man, I thought they did a, a pretty good job of staying in their rush lanes and, you know, not letting him create too many big plays down the field. Uh, so I, I give them I give them a lot of credit, man. They did get out to Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is great, and he just overcame everything that they had. How do you, as a rusher, what do you what do you got to do to try to stop Mahomes? Uh, <laughs> stopping ain't, ain't, ain't even a question. I, you're not stopping him. He's going to make his plays. And my coach, I'll never forget, coaches tell me when I played, uh, you know, they get paid too, right? So when you're playing against the greats. And they make these big plays. You got to almost kind of go to the next play in the film study because you, know, you can't overcome some of these guys' greatness. And like I said, they, they did a good job, man. Sometimes flushing him out um, and then keep him, keeping him running lateral where he couldn't, you know, really set his feet and throw the ball down the field. I thought that they held him as much as possible. Now, what I would have done a little bit differently towards the end of that game, I would have had somebody to stay in and spy him because we know. Um, that he's hurt more defenses using his legs, extending the, the, the drives at towards the end of the game more than in, any more than his passes, more than throwing to Travis Kelsey. He's hurt you more with his legs. So in that fourth quarter, I would have dedicated a linebacker or a D tackle, just not even a rush, to make sure that he can't step up in that pocket and use his legs. Hey Sean, what about Kelsey, man? I mean, because like during the year, it looked like he was kind of old and had a hard time getting out of routes and stuff. But, I mean, in the playoffs, he ended up with, what, 32 catches and in four games. He had a big Super Bowl. One catch for one yard the first half. Then he went eight for 93. I mean, big-time players show up at big-time times. You, you read about, I was just about to say that. And, you know, that's why you have guys like that on the field. Yes, they may be aging, aging a little bit. Yes, they may be not as fast and, 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 and not as elusive as they once was. But they're so smart. He's been around, been around the block enough that – he knows how to get open. Some of those plays, man, where he's just one-on-one with a linebacker, as soon as he sees Patrick Mahomes taking off and running, he finds a hole in, in that defense, and he sits down. That's that's when you get that experience, and it's like, okay, you know what? I can't run past everybody every single play, but what I can do is find these holes in pockets and make them pay that way, and that's what he did in that second half. Sean Merriman, lights out, joining us here, Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Last thing for you, Sean, before we talk about your big event coming up this week, lights out, extreme fighting. You played against Brady. You played against Manning. You played against Roethlisberger. All of these guys in their prime at that time. When you watch Patrick Mahomes, are we talking about a guy that, depending on how it plays out the next 10 years perhaps, that he will be the best of them all? Well, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I think one time, one thing we have a problem with sometimes is golden people too early, right? Yep. Uh, or writing them off after a year or two if they don't pan out how they think they're going to pan out. So I think that we need to kind of change the, you know, the, the, the idea about that. But when you start talking about those goal conversations, it is okay to start mentioning Patrick Mahomes because of what he's done in a short period of time, right? You have to think that that nucleus between him, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, and Chris Jones, they're going to add a number one wide receiver they got to after this year, a big play guy to throw the ball down the field. We, we got to start mentioning him in that conversation. Now, where he ends up at, I think there's going to be the final say-so. And I, I don't throw too many people up there with Brady and Joe Montana, some of these greats just yet. But we wouldn't be particularly wrong if we start throwing him in that, con- in that conversation at least. All right, speaking of great lights out, extreme fighting, what's happening there? Great event for the fans as always, I'm sure. 
you know, it, we, we coming straight off of a big game, and my big game is Friday, uh, February 16th. Lights Out Extreme fighting 14. We'll be live in Long Beach, California. You can get more information at lightsoutxf.com. We'll also be live on Football TV, Football Sports. If you guys don't have football out there, get it. Uh, this card is a special one. We got some big, some big up and coming guys. That I think we'll have a shot at the UFC out there. But also, we're testing out these uh, these lights out tech gloves. They can measure speed, power, punch, impact, G force. Um, so you know, just really getting this data, man, so we can give more information to the fans watching us at home. But it, I think it's going to be pretty cool when when some uh, information and data can pop up on the screen about how hard a guy just got hit. So we want to, um, you know, kind of extend that in the uh, tech field in combat sports. Turb legend, Sean Merriman, NFL All-Pro. Sean, we appreciate your time as always. Have fun with the fights on Friday night, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Sean. Sean Merriman, everybody. It's Vinny at Haney, 105.7. The fan will come back, take a trip through the funhouse with Nolan McGraw. Then inside access takes over at 2 o'clock. Kansas City Chiefs are football kings. What do the Ravens have to do to dethrone them next? What are you drinking? Vinny. Cake bread. Chardonnay. Haney. McUltra. Vinny and Haney. 105.7. The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 105.7. The Fan here on this Monday. Tomorrow, Kevin Ostriker will be joining us. Talk some Ravens and National Football League with him. Talk some Orioles. We'll start breaking down the American League East as pitchers and catchers report this week. And some other surprises coming your way as well. NFL Combine coming up in a couple of weeks. Free agency starts in the NFL a month from tomorrow. So uh, March 13th, things are going to get a little interesting for sure. But then again, I'm guessing that uh, Eric DaCosta will have made some tough decisions, maybe some easy ones as well. Yeah. We don't know when they're going down to meet with Bashadi yet, do we? Yeah, that'll be interesting conversations too for them because I'm sure that they got to sit down and kind of go over their plan, talk through the plan of what they want to pay, who they want to pay, and the the game plan, you know, for all those guys. Odds makers have the San Francisco 49ers as the favorites to win next year, followed by Kansas City Ravens coming in at three. And then the Buffalo Bills coming in at number four. I think if this postseason has taught us anything, it's like stop making them the underdogs. Kansas City, as we said earlier during the whip, they were the underdogs in last year's Super Bowl. Yeah. Bob, like you had said earlier, they were underdog in uh, Buffalo and the Ravens preseason game. So, I mean, people are going to learn. You just – can't bet against Mahomes, man. There's the guy. He's always the difference maker, or so it seems. So the Chiefs, kings of the football world, and now we begin the offseason of 2024. And the Ravens, as we just said, they're going to be one of the favorites to uh, do some damage and get to New Orleans for Super Bowl 59. Let's get out to the phones real quick before we go to the funhouse. Let's go to Reisterstown. It is Kai. Kai, what is up? Oh, man, what a game, what a game. I thought Shanahan, uh, Vinny, I thought they had the perfect game plan. I mean, you know, they they was they was mixing it up, the run pass, and it seems like Kansas City had a basic game. Just Mahomes, he's so great like that. And I, and I was just wondering the whole game, when, you know, when are they going to stop this game? Basic, just, I mean, basic plays, moving the ball down the field. But, I, but before I get off, Vinny, what do you think that quarterback? I know you talked to Mel. That's your buddy, quarterback for uh, Washington. What do you think? Only 
he's going to go because I think Michigan, that was a great defense, but he still – I feel like the uh, coaching staff for Washington kind of let him down at, at the end a little bit. So, what what do you think – what Mel's talking about that quarterback? Because I like him. Yeah, he, uh, he did all right at the senior bowl. And he pa- showed a Michael good arm. Penix, yeah, Penix. About. He's a lefty. Um, the, the key with him is going to be, you know, his medical stuff because he had a lot of injuries at IU. But uh, he's – Talented guy. Mel likes him. Mel's got him going in. I want to say Mel's got him going in the late first or second. It's Vinny and Haiti, 1057 the Fed. Nolan, you ready to get out of here? Quick draws, fun house. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake. I like that quick draw. 1057 the Fan. Start with this texter who says Nick Bosa was all over the place last night. Never quite brought Mahomes down himself. He wasn't lying though when he called out the Chiefs' tackles for holding last week. Yeah, I, I thought Bosa showed up. That's that's what I thought. Run, pass. He was playing hard. He was chasing the ball. I I, I love Bosa the way he plays. Just watching personally, I thought he was destined for a, a frustration flag. In overtime, after coming up just short time and time again, I thought he might lay into Mahomes, and then that's one too many, and that would have been a difference maker. But there he, was a Chase Young sighting yesterday mm-hmm. too. Yeah, he had a he had a sack. Well, they brought him down three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this one here, Texter Chris talking about overtime decision on Shanahan's part said, "Why would you not defer to start overtime? You're guaranteed to get the ball, and you'd rather have four downs to work with." Amen. But I guess the Niners analytical people said the opposite. Like I said earlier, I don't know how you get analytics when it's the first time that's ever happened. So what analytics you using? What about the Brock Purdy factor? I think that played into it at all. I mean, obviously they trust him, but you give it to the Chiefs, they score. Now all the pressure's on. Purdy, go get it done. Get a touchdown sort of thing. Well, he said, we played the clip earlier, yeah. Shanahan, they wanted to be the third possession mm-hmm. where we expect to score if they match us we'll go down and score and win the game but you know they kicked the field goal they scored a touchdown and that's why we're sitting here today kissing Patrick Mahomes his ass yeah and, and I mean the Chiefs put it in and the Niners didn't from the five yard line this one here texter says the sting wasn't just seeing Kansas City in the Super Bowl instead of the Ravens it's the fact that this was Baltimore's best shot at a Super Bowl in the Lamar Jackson era, and they squandered it. Yeah, I, I, the Ravens had the best team. The best team. And we're playing the best. So, yeah, they, they, they squandered that one. And I think that's why that one hurt so much is because everybody felt like, I'm guessing the Ravens, they all felt like they were the best team and they deserved to go, but... They didn't get there. Speaking of Hall of Fame, Stephen Glenn Burney checking in here says uh, we're still down the road here when it comes to this player. But in your opinion, has Justin Tucker done enough to warrant not only being a Hall of Famer, but potentially first ballot? Yeah, first ballot for the kickers, I think, are tough. So um, that'll be interesting. But if, if anybody could be a first balloter, would be him, and it all depends on who else he's going in with. Yeah, if there's a bunch of quarterbacks yeah. who are worthy. But he's definitely going to camp. Yes. I believe 
and this will be a good frame of reference, Adam Vinatieri yes. is eligible for the first time next year. Yep. So that'll tell you, you know, what his kind of vote count is. Yeah. Might be a good indication. How many game-winning Super Bowl kicks did he have? Mm-hmm. Two or three, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And before Tucker, he was regarded as the, the greatest. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one last one here. Texter just says, Ravens fans need to stop whining. Wow. Time to move on already. I'm tired of hearing about what could have been and what should have been nonstop. They lost. They choked. Move on. See what happens next year. Well, what it could have, should have. Yeah. For real. The Ravens and 30 other teams are saying that right now. The latest is the San Francisco 49ers who felt the sting within the last 24 hours. That's going to do it for us. Tomorrow we're back for Turn It Up Tuesday. Talk Ravens, talk Orioles, American League East, and other things happening in your sporting life over the next 24 hours or so. Inside Access coming up next. For Nolan McGraw, Vinnie Serrato, I'm Bob Haney. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you in the morning for now. Class dismissed. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.